Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Pretty Lies and Alibis. Let's seek the truth and travel the long road to justice together. What you know, alibiers. Welcome to another episode of Pretty Lies and Alibis. I'm Gigi. I have some guests today. I have Adam Cox, who is the brother of Lori Vallow, and Rex Connor, who is the uncle of Lori Vallow. In the beginning, when I started this interview, I had a brain moment and did not hit record. So the first question that I asked both Adam and Rex was, why start the podcast? And we will pick up from there. Um, this isn't our strong suit. Of course, it's Adam's, one of Adam's many strong suits, he, he being in the radio business, but um, going through this, it's not that it's, ple- it's not pleasant, but uh, it's helping us to heal. And I hope helping a lot of people. And by the comments, um, it's very gratifying that people are, are feeling like they're getting something out of it. Adam, what do you think? Well, I think um, after Rex came back from the, um, the court hearing that he was just kind of overwhelmed with how many people are actually following this case worldwide. And for me, um, I just feel like if we can do something to help other families, because there's no way in the world I would think that any family would go through something like my family has gone through because it's the most bizarre, crazy story that I've ever even heard of. But I know there are, every family has struggles and every family has, you know, siblings that, you know, are maybe going off in one direction and there's other family members that cut other family members off. And so I think for me, the message would be, as we talk about this, how to, make sure that things that happen to my family don't happen to other people's family. That's just one. That's just one of the reasons I think we're doing this podcast. The other one is so many have so many people have questions and a lot of people are saying things that don't make sense or that are lies. And everybody wants to just know the truth. And Rex and I are here just to tell the truth that we know. Yeah. And and it's hard, especially with social media. First of all, you guys just were thrown into this without any consent. I mean, you you were thrown into this worldwide sensationalized true crime story that was actually happening to your family. And that in itself is hard to deal with. Then you couple that with all the media attention this got for months before we got to the answers of where are the kids? Is it have you found that it's been hard to deal with just the guilt by association of just being blood related to, to Lori? 
Oh, there's definitely um, judgments going on. Um, I, at least, you know, I get Facebook messages and emails and, you know, people that I don't know that will call me a murderer or, you know, just because they're associating me with her, um, that being judged by people that really don't know the the whole story or know any of the story um that's hard to, that's hard to take and that's another reason i think we're writing this book and doing this podcast is just to try to clear some of that up rex do you have anything can, to add i do i'm hoping we can clear some of that up and that but the benefit to doing this which i didn't anticipate i didn't have any experience with this just i'm i'm on social media occasionally but uh, the very positive comments that that outnumber and outweigh the the attacks, so to speak. Um, we're pretty thick skin. We've been we've been um, processing this for a while, so we know we're comfortable with what we know and how we've acted in this situation. But it it certainly is gratifying to hear that it's that what we're doing is helping people. So thanks yeah. again. And Gigi, you're you're a part of that and, and having us on your show and the help behind the scenes you've been giving us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to help. I you know, it's it's unimaginable what y'all had to deal with. And do you have like the, the worst rumor that you've seen online that absolutely wasn't true? Just one that was just so out there that you want to address? Or is there anything that sticks out that you've read before you started the podcast or at any point? from the day this hit the news to now because keyboard warriors are fierce and you have a lot of groups and you have Reddit forums where all this is discussed. And unfortunately it seems like the people that didn't ask for this, their lives start to get picked apart as well or intention or things like that. Well, I think everybody's entitled to their own opinions and sometimes it's people's opinion that other people hear and then they go with that. So um, that's, I think, to me, sometimes that is disheartening sometimes to, to hear that. But, um, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's just so much because there's so much to this story and there's so many people involved. And um, then there's, there's family members or, you know, cousins or in-laws or whatever it is that you know, have their agenda with it. And, and I just like the truth to come out. And I think people speculate and when they speculate, they, people tend to take that as their, as truth when it's their actually just their opinion. Mm -hmm. Very true. I see that all the time in every case I cover, actually, it's not unique to this case at all. Um, but in the very beginning, when all this started hitting and the kids were missing, I mean, you guys never could have imagined where we are today. What were those early days like of just not knowing? That's been brutal ever since then, because there's still a lot we don't know, isn't there? And there are some factors that we probably will never know, because the only people that were in the room are now dead or they aren't talking. And so... Uh, that's part of the tragedy. That's why we're all trying to figure it out. And it's going to be frustrating for a long time. So in, in that perspective, we aren't going to get to closure uh, for those factors. So 
thank goodness for what we have found out. Thank goodness for each other. And we've been saying that in our family for a long time because that's how we process. We process with each other and we talk. But now that we're connected with this worldwide community, even the people that say things that, that we don't like, they're still a part of the discussion. They're still a bar- part of the positive energy. And I just keep in mind that we all want the same thing. So in that sense, we're on the same team. Even if we're saying things that each other, each of us don't like, we're still um, wanting justice for the victims. The right. Dead victims and the living victims. Yeah, it's funny because you do have that perception of people who don't know you. And it was interesting because when you came to trial, everybody was talking about how nice you were. And I thought to myself, well, why would anybody think differently? Why would anybody just assume that you were not a good person? And I think that, you know, everything I heard from people that met you at trial was just how kind and 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 sweet you were. And we briefly said hello. I, I, are you going to be at sentencing uh, yet to be determined. Oh, okay. I think Adam might have portal out of here. It looks like he's a he's a spinning wheel. I think he got in his portal. Yeah, their um, family has portals. I, I'm missing out on those. Yeah, so. yeah. I think um, Adams might be on the blink. Um, but you know, one one question is: Does anybody in the family communicate with Lori at this point? Yes, her mother, my sister Janice, Adams' mother too. Uh, communication with Lori regularly, I think weekly, they talk. And according to Janice, they can't talk about the case. They don't talk about anything substantive because Lori is still in her delusion and she doesn't get out of it for conversations. I don't know if she ever gets out of it. And so it's it's more superficial conversation. Did, um, um, whatchamacallit, it, it said like, I had to get closer to a router. Was I the only one that was off? Yeah, you were You were off. We made a little portal joke that you portaled out. I try to, <laughs> I'm like you guys. I have dark humor, so it's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. You know, one thing is, you know, as we follow these cases over time, we feel like we know the victims and everybody involved, but we don't. What was Tylee like as a person? Uh, we've been asked this question a bunch and, you know, Tylee as a little kid, um, was a little firecracker and, um, so, but super, I'll say hard on the outside and soft on the inside because she had a very sensitive, uh, soul. And as she became a teenager, um, she became more and more, I think open and felt more comfortable. And um, I don't think that she had really a, a comfortable um, feeling, I guess, uh, growing up. It just didn't seem like it with her, with Lori, Mary, you know, with Joe and the speculations of things that happened with him. And then being with Charles and you know, having a stepdad and there was some rough things there, but as a person, I mean, I, I don't think you can get a, as good as a Tylee. Um, I just, I, I miss her a ton. Yeah. I remember the interview your son Zach did with Justin Lum and he was recalling the last time he saw her and he broke down and man, that just, that broke my heart to watch him. You could tell they had a special bond. And unfortunately that's something that will affect your son the rest of his life too. Just that loss, that great loss. Yeah, we actually, um, in a podcast um, that's coming up, Rex and I talk about the last time I saw Tylee alive at my mom's house. So 
there is definitely something there. Um, and so there's speculations a bunch. Did Lori have Tylee lie? Um, and did Tylee know that Alex and Lori murdered uh, Charles? There's, I mean, there's a lot there. So we, in, the, in our podcast, we do um, break some of that down for you. And now it's time to hear a word from our sponsors of the week, EasyCanvasPrints.com and Kosis. If you're looking for the perfect heartfelt gift for a loved one, Easy Canvas Prints is the way to go. Canvas prints can be customized and they're a unique and meaningful way to show someone that you care. Maybe you want a quality canvas print for the perfect family photo or that amazing vacation picture you took. Canvas prints are not only visually stunning, the quality is top notch with hand-stretched canvases over durable wooden frames. Their state-of-the-art printing technology ensures vibrant colors, sharp details, and long-lasting quality. The coolest part? The canvases come ready to hang on your wall. I have my logo printed. The colors are stunning and it's here hanging in my studio right now. Ordering your custom canvas print is a breeze. All you do is visit easycanvasprints.com and upload your favorite photo. You can customize the size, borders, and even add a custom wooden or metallic frame to create a unique piece of art. Don't wait to elevate your home or office decor with a custom canvas print. Visit easycanvasprints.com slash lies for a special offer for my listeners. Get unlimited 16 by 20 canvas prints for only $14.99 each. Again, that's easycanvasprints.com slash pretty lies. I've been using Kosis for over a month now, and I love how their makeup gives me a natural look without caked up under eye concealer or foundation that looks painted on. Kosis makes clean makeup for skincare freaks. Their complexion products are actually proven to make your skin better. They're dermatologist tested, safe for sensitive and acne prone skin, and hypoallergenic. Kosis Revealer Concealer is not your mom's concealer. It's really creamy, weightless, and it's a total multitasker. It's a concealer, eye cream, and spot treatment in one. Revealer Concealer is packed with active skincare ingredients. It offers creaseless medium coverage with a smooth, radiant finish that looks just like your skin. Just brighter, more even, and healthier. Take the five-step shade finder quiz to find your perfect match. So don't choose between wearing great makeup and taking care of your skin. Right now, Kosas is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more when you go to Kosas.com slash what the world go to kosas kosas.com slash what the world for 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more plus free shipping that's kosas.com slash what the world what about jj the same question for jj what was he like as a little dude running around well rex you visited him in in uh in uh hawaii when when Lori and charles lived in hawaii yeah, unfortunately, I, I've only had a couple of interactions. That was one of them. We visited and got to stay with um, Laura's and Lori and Charles. We stayed in JJ's room. He wasn't thrilled about that, but he's is pretty young at the time. But what what impressed me at the time, JJ, because of his birth situation, had almost superhuman upper body strength, and he would run around as a a little mini Hulk and would dismantle anything in his course. And the first time I saw him as something other than a baby is when we got there to Hawaii, we had to go straight to an activity. Lori was in charge. So Charles was on, on JJ duty and an adult had to have eyes on JJ every second of the day that he was awake. And so we got to see Charles and Lori 
as parents um, dealing with that, trading off and coordinating and and mm -hmm. taking care of them. What a little uh, bundle of energy, happy energy. Not he wasn't destroying things as a as a mean, angry entity. He was just a happy little guy going around taking things apart. What a uh, a great memory! But I'm sorry, I only had a few memories. Adam, you have more more than well. That. I think I think you know we talk about Lori and Charles and their marriage and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, both of them did such a real did a great job with raising um, JJ. He was severely autistic when they got him and they adopted him, and um, they did such a great job of help developing him that. As he got older and older and older, he was doing things that, you know, the experts and the doctors didn't think that he could do and, you know, read and run and talk and play and just to, to try to become like more of a normal uh, kid who had severe autism. So he, he, he did really, really good um, for many years growing up. And that's what we've heard is that Lori was very hands on and would consume herself with trying to better understand the world JJ lived in so she could help him. And it really did seem like until it was good until it wasn't, you know, it's kind of how it goes in true crime. But now one thing I think that surprised everybody was Summer's phone call with Lori that was played in court. I, I said, I've never heard so many emotions in each word as I heard when that was played. And I, I know a lot of people had given Summer a hard time because initially Adam, your mom and your sister went on, national tv and defended her you know i don't think anybody could have ever imagined what actually was going on and the one thing out of this trial was that was one of the hugest moments for everybody in that courtroom after that testimony we all left that courtroom and went wow i mean just gutted because the online perception is very different than what's happening in your lives and what you feel here like you say it's people's opinions and um I just wanted to say that that Summer's testimony totally touched my heart. And you could tell that she loved those children with, with everything she had. And I think that was a big moment for everybody. So do you guys plan on doing any more um, seasons of this podcast? Is this very limited that then you'll switch over to the book? and Or have you decided yet? <laughs> Go ahead, Rex. <laughs> We've decided several times. Sure. Um, <laughs> We, we plan on, have planned on doing 10 episodes of the podcast in hopes that we'd be done with the book, release the book, and, and we think that will be our contribution. I, I don't know that we have an ongoing contribution to give, and we don't want, it's not our goal to get into that business of podcasting, um, but if there's more we can do, if we haven't told enough of the story, if we haven't um, shared enough, we might, we might do more. We are dead set against it, but we're really doing this for our, for our own benefit, our own uh, therapy and to help other people. We just don't think that will, that will take a long time. So we're, we're just going to try to stay tuned to if we're contributing enough or not. Yeah, and then we we potentially have another trial to go where more will be revealed that couldn't be brought out in her trial. So you may have more things to talk about. But, um, you know, I just want to say that I think it's it's amazing that you guys are opening yourself up to this, and I'm not going to keep you long. So I just wanted to say um, 
I've learned a lot from your perspective of the people you guys knew from the time Lori was little, Alex was little, that kind of thing. I agree. I was listening to to your episode. Um, I, I don't think that Alex uh, just happened to fall over. Um, it seems like he was very easily manipulated and controlled and maybe just was kind of a, a drifter and didn't have that one group that he could cling to. And so I, I, I call them the band of misfits. It's sort of just this really small group. Because in the beginning, we thought cult compounds. I was very conflicted for months of whether or not the kids were alive. And I, I, I would flip-flop back and forth. The one time that I thought that there was a good chance they were was actually seeing the video of Lori in the Gilbert PD when Charles took her purse and seeing how Tylee would kind of calm her mom down when she got very animated. I thought they really had this ebb and flow together. And that was one time that I thought, I don't think she would, she would hurt her daughter. Um, but it, it, it has to be so odd to see her go from really being um, a very dedicated mother to, to this. And, and I'm so sorry you guys have had to deal with this. It's just unimaginable and probably very surreal in a lot of ways to, go from hearing about true crime to your family kind of being in one of the craziest cases that I think I've ever seen in years of covering cases. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an ordeal. It's been a long time too. So we've, we've seen and felt uh, probably every emotion you could possibly feel um, we have felt. So yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you just you can't write fiction like this. It's a story that you can't believe anybody would buy into, especially your brother and sister. And um, it's it's just one of those things you just scratch your head and just like can't believe it. Yeah, and Adam, you were rated a zombie. How was I mean? How did that feel when you heard that your own sister had labeled you as a dark entity? Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Well, after Charles died, um, I was scared to death because I knew that Lori and Alex killed him. I just felt that they did. Um, and so, uh, I was scared that maybe they're going to come after me, but then I thought to myself, what, what good would they, what good would it do to kill me? I didn't understand it. Cause I thought at the time I thought, well, maybe they killed Charles for, you know, insurance money or i knew that they thought he was a zombie that they you know they've never mentioned that anybody else was a zombie so i i really didn't know um but then when i found out that Lori was convincing alex that i was a zombie and then maybe i was next on the list to, to be killed that's that's hard to take yeah i bet that was a very rude awakening well, um, I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, I won't keep you any longer. I know you guys are very busy, but you guys are releasing these once a week. Is that correct? We're releasing the podcast once a week. But in fact, right after this interview, Gigi, Adam and I are going to start doing just short video clips answering the most frequently asked questions. And we'll post them on our channel on YouTube because we don't have a chance in the podcast to do that. And so we're just going to start posting maybe one a day. That's a that's a really good idea because I think two of the most common questions that I or one of the most common questions that I see is what did for Adam like what did you think when you didn't hear, hear from Charles that morning? Maybe just not hearing was like okay everything's cool he's doing his thing and if he needed me he would call me. You could have never imagined that oh. he would be killed. 
No, there were several things going in my mind. One of the things that went on my mind was he was going to get JJ. And I thought, well, maybe he's just spending all of this time with JJ and they're at a park somewhere and, and he's just trying to, to do that. The other thing was, the other thing was maybe he did get back with Lori and he, and Lori told him, you can't contact Adam. You can't cut him off. Like she's done that in the past with everybody else. And her and Charles did get back together again after they had a blowout that went through my mind. And then the other thing that went through my mind was something may be wrong. Something felt wrong. Like my gut instinct was something bad happened, but I didn't know what to do. All I did was call him and text him over and over and over and over again, hoping that he would call me back or text me back. But I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where Lori lived at that point. I didn't get involved with any of that. I was arguing with my parents about, we need to get Lori help and then tell me to leave her alone, that she's just, she hasn't hurt anybody knowing, not knowing that Charles was laying dead in her house at the time. So it was such a, those two days, my stomach was in knots the whole time thinking something is wrong. It didn't feel right. Just a sad, sad story all around. Charles really seemed like a great guy. Yeah, and, I like him uh, a lot. Yeah. Gigi, you got the preview to the first question. You asked the question we're about to handle right oh, after yeah. the and post. So. My heart goes out to your entire family. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's a hard load that you guys will carry till your last breath. But um, anyways, I just want to thank you guys for coming on and just doing this little brief interview. Just uh, wanted to have my listeners hear from you directly. And I think uh, everybody will be waiting for these little Q&A sessions you're going to do, answering the most common questions that you've been asked that I think a lot of people want to know. And a lot of people have said, why aren't they talking? Well, now you are. And you can answer all these questions yourself. So I think that's the best way to do it. I wish you guys the best of luck in getting your story out and with your foundation that's going to help other people uh, down the road in honoring JJ, Tylee, and Charles. And you guys have a spot here anytime you want to chit chat. Thank Thanks. you. All right. Thank you guys so much. We will see you soon, Alibiers. Hope you have a good one.